You're listening to United on Wheels, the web's best podcast for active wheelchair users. Visit our website, www.unitedspinal.org. Improving quality of life for wheelchair users one day at a time. Follow United Spinal Association on Facebook. Connect with United Spinal on Twitter via United Spinal. Your host this week is... Hi, my name is Barbara Kornblum. I'd like to welcome you to this uh, edition of the Pathways to Employment podcast. I'm a consultant with the United Spinal Association um, and Pathways to Employment program. I am an occupational therapist and attorney by background, and I have a disability myself, so it's not a spinal cord injury, so I can kind of relate to what it's like to look for a job and have people kind of look at you a little, wonder, and have those... Uh, thoughts behind their heads. United Spinal Association, rolling on by. Today we have with us uh, two guests, Alex um, and Madeline, and I'm going to ask them each to introduce themselves. Um, Alex, you want to start? Sure. Thank you so much for inviting me for this podcast. My name is Alex Jackson. I am 32 years old and have a C5, C6 incomplete spinal cord injury from near infancy. I was about nine months old when I was injured in a motor vehicle accident caused by a drunken driver. Uh, my mother and I were in the vehicle, and my mom, and, my mom sustained a few injuries, um, a broken pelvis, and was uh, in a coma for a short time, but has fully recovered and is um, now my primary caregiver and and my biggest supporter. Um, I've been able to do pretty much everything going growing up, going through public school and graduated from college with a degree in broadcast journalism. And now I work for the Department of Defense as a public affairs specialist. And so that's just a little bit about me, and I'm honored to be a part of this employment podcast. Madeline? Hi, uh, my name is Madeline, and thank you for having me as well. Um, I'm 47 years old, and I was injured 22 years ago in an automobile accident where I lost control of my vehicle, and um, I winded upside down on a guardrail. But um, gratefully, um, I didn't lose consciousness, and I sustained a uh, C5, C6 uh, spinal cord injury also um, incomplete. And I um, just really got involved with the disability community within the last um, two years, and that's where my journey has started uh, to get back to employment. Great. Thank you. Um, Alex, could you tell us when you became an adult uh, or you transitioned from high school, how did that work with starting to begin thinking about employment? That's uh, a great question. I was part of the uh, mainstream curriculum in high school, but I also attended and had the support of the special needs program and the special needs teachers. And so I knew I wanted to go to college and knew I was interested in communication and broadcasting. And my special ed teacher uh, connected me with the communication department at the College of Charleston, and that's sort of how I got the introduction to the college life and 
getting connected with the Disability Services Center at the college and learning how I could adapt to the college lifestyle while living with a disability and getting uh, getting a, on the track of, of becoming employed and doing something that I that I love. So um, it all started with my special ed teacher getting me started with the career program. Now, how did you, um, what was it like looking for your first job when, after you graduated? Was, yes, it was uh, a little bit difficult. I was interested in doing television broadcasting and had done a, an internship with a TV station, and I had a radio show while I was in college. However, once I started applying for jobs in the television field, I didn't really get as many responses to interviews and callbacks, uh, and I don't know if that was particularly because of my physical disability or that the industry is such a competitive market that that it was hard to find jobs. It was probably a combination of, of both of those things, but I even applied for positions in radio, and I didn't get... Um, I had a few interviews with that, but it was still hard to to get into that market. Um, one of the interesting things I found was that many of the TV or specifically radio stations were not wheelchair accessible, and so that sort of made it even harder to get into that field. And so while I was in the job hunt, I decided to go back to school and did a master's program in, in corporate communication and then, ironically, as soon as I started grad school is when I I got a job here at where I work now is part of the Department of Defense in the Naval Information Warfare Center in the Public Affairs Office. So my dream job of being in broadcasting didn't quite pan out the way I wanted, but now I'm doing some of the similar skills um, in the job that I have now. So... All in all, it, it's worked out, and I've been able to still use some of my broadcasting skills at work and in my advocacy in the disability community as well. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, Madeline, you have a little different story. Could you tell us about your experience with uh, wanting to return to work and how you got on that path? Sure. For me, I was um, misinformed. I collect Social Security disability and um, I'm already over the Medicaid eligibility, so I have a spend down. So I thought any money that I would receive, I would um, go straight to Medicaid. So I thought I couldn't work. And it wasn't until I became more involved with the disability community and I developed um, friendships. And these friends not only had Medicaid, but they were working. So that's when I started to look into uh, different ways of how I can go back to work to um, start my employment journey. So That's my, great. So, uh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, so, so your involvement with the disability community and talking to other people who are working was really important uh, in your path to employment. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about that? What did they tell you? Um, well, they had told me about the Medicaid uh, buy-in program, 
So my first step that I did was I met with a benefits counselor from a nonprofit organization, and she went over my benefits. And she had given me the toolkit for the Medicaid buy-in program and the Red Book for Social Security. So I started to read that literature that was um, given to me. And then I spoke with my social worker to just find out, um, because I, since I have a spend down, I was in a pool trust, so I needed to know um, what would happen with the pool trust um, once I did go into a Medicaid buy-in program. So it was basically what I was told is I would just close that trust, and then I would apply for the Medicaid buy-in program once I did start working. So you're still in that process of, of uh, preparing to work, from what I understand? Yes, I, there are some things that I needed to do. I'm right now in a manual wheelchair, which I get along great, but for me to go back to work, and depending on what job I wind up getting, I know being in a power chair would benefit me. So the first step that I did was, you know, speak with my doctor um, and get a prescription for a power chair evaluation, which I did do that. I'm in the process of um, getting my power chair any day now. And the other thing that I needed to do is um, my home, the entrance to my home wasn't uh, wheelchair accessible for a power chair. I have a step up. So through the mayor's office for people with disabilities, I applied for a grant, and I was granted that. So that work is going to start in the next two weeks. Great. So now, I'm what about – my... uh, um, you had also talked, uh, told me about – uh, some assistance you had with, I think it was resume writing and some other things. Could you tell us about some of that? Yes, I went to a job-ready class where um, they had prepared um, resumes. And there I learned about uh, two types of resumes. The chronicle uh, resume, which is basically a traditional uh, type of resume, and a functional resume, which for me, um, it would suit me better due to I haven't been working um, in the last 22 years, and that focus that doesn't focus on your history, since I have such a large gap in my work history. Now, the, over the 20 years, though, you've been um, you haven't been you know staying home watching television, though. You have acquired no. skills. Maybe you could talk yes. a little bit about that. Sure. Um, both my parents, um, unfortunately, I lost my dad last year. But both of them are elderly with um, where they need. They both have a disability as well. So I've been taking care of them um, with their elder care. I handle all their appointments, their insurances, their money. They both have a, they both had a twelve-hour uh, 12 care. So I did the hiring and training um, of their personal assistants as well. So you, you have a lot of skills from that that this functional resume would include? Yes, as well, and the researching that, you know, I have done um, as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Alex, I want to get back to you because um, you had told us about the concept of Schedule A hiring, and that might be something that, I mean, that would help many of our listeners but it seems like that's something that even Madeline should know about because it might help her. Could you talk a little bit about Schedule A hiring? Certainly, yes. I, when I was applying for jobs, 
there are, there's an organization called the um, Workforce Recruitment Program, and they are a federal agency that goes around to schools, uh, colleges, and and universities to recruit individuals with disabilities looking for either part-time work or full-time work within the federal government. And uh, essentially what Schedule A allows is that it's a hiring authority for for government agencies to hire people with disabilities without having them compete for a traditional job. So normally when now someone this is interviews federal for federal jobs, right? Federal yeah, government. Primarily okay, I just want to government. clarify that. Okay. Yeah. Um, primarily in in, the, um, in any job, you usually have three or four candidates interviewing for a position. However, Schedule A allows the employer to select that individual with a disability um, if they have the skill sets and meet the qualifications. And it just allows the to focus on individuals who are maybe left out or overlooked in a lot of jobs. So it's just a, a great way to to still highlight the abilities of the people with disabilities and allow them to become employed um, through Schedule A and, and allowing the government to to have a quality member of their of their team. And so I was hired under Schedule A and I've really enjoyed it and now I'm on a disability task force at work to help us improve and and continue to um, recruit people with disabilities to become employed through Schedule A. So, if using Madeline as an example, because she's you know she's looking for work, she's been out of work. If she was interested in Schedule A hiring, what advice would you give her? So, I would have her uh, reach out to uh, any of the disability agencies in the community, whether it be um, an independent living center or um, a Department of Vocational Rehabilitation to get connected, and usually those agencies will know about the Workforce Recruitment Program and Schedule A, or even just contacting a federal agency in your community and talking to their um, employment and HR representatives. And so just getting connected with an agency like that will will help you get connected with, with someone within the federal government and Schedule A authority for being able to get hired. Now, would it be correct to say, excuse me, would it be correct to say that Schedule A hiring allows you to um, sort of move to the front of the line in hiring? In a way, it does. Um, It just sort of gives that uh, opportunity for those who um, may not always get that chance or they may not, um, depending on the employer, may get overlooked, may be, may be overlooked for certain jobs. But it, it sort of highlights the the positive qualities and, and just provides a better representation and diversity within an organization. So it, it, while it does help um, sort of move you to the front of the line, I think it's a great way to, to um, bring – people to the table, so to speak, in terms of being uh, being offered the same opportunities as anyone else. Mm-hmm. 
Great. Now, Madeline, you live in a place where um, there are a lot of federal agencies. You're in a, a pretty big city, although yes. you don't have to live in a big city to have a lot of federal agencies. There, you know, there are districts all over the country where there are federal agencies. Is that something that you might pursue? Um, what Alex is talking about, the Schedule A hiring, does that sound like something that might work out for you? Yes, I would. Um, I would try that. Um, right now, for me, um, because I was in office administration prior to my injury, I need to um, update my skills when it comes to the Microsoft um, office. So what I'm currently doing now is I had went online and researched some free classes that might be in my area or classes that I can pay. So I'm applying uh, to those as well as the access VR and to see which comes first because so I know I'm going to need that. Right. So it sounds like you're, um, you have some really good advice for people who are looking, uh, who've been out of work for a while. Um, yes. So, you know, um, so resumes would, is, is one, update your resume, and you're saying there's assistance out there from uh, the nonprofit agencies that help with Ticket to Work? Um, yes and uh, technology, that you have to be up on technology. Do you have any other advice for people who, like, you know, in your situation who didn't know they could go back to work and are now, after listening to these podcasts or learning that they can go back to work, what other suggestions might you have for them, the steps that you've taken? Yes, well, definitely with United Spinal, I also went on the website and listened to um, the Pathway to Employment. And I found that the Social Security Work Incentives had the webinars? Given me, yes, had given yeah. me so much information um, there. And I'm getting ready actually now to listen to the webinar of the job interview. Right. So, so those are definitely um, some good information there. So you would recommend, in addition to resume writing, uh, listen to the podcasts, I'm sorry, the webinars that we have uh, for Pathways to Employment because they have a lot of good information that you really yes. need to know if you're starting to go back to work. It's it's right. sort of laid out there. What, yes. what happens to your benefits? Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially it's one thing to read something and it's another thing to actually listen to a conversation um, of how something does work. So that's good. So you found this helpful and they're available on on the website for um, the United Spinal's website. There's uh, three, I believe it is, Pathways to Employment webinars that um, people can listen to that also help. Um, what would you say helped you the most uh, in this whole process, Madeline, that you've been going mm -hmm. through? Would you, would you say the webinars, the resume, or is it just a package and, and a pathway? I would say... Um the package. You know, um, as far as the resume, I was always concerned due to the fact that, you know, my last job was 22 years ago. And I learned um, doing the seminar for the job ready. Um, this was basically that um, it didn't have to be a traditional resume and that there were um, another type of resume that would be best suitable for me. And definitely um, the webinars. The webinars um, gave me a lot of good information and confidence, you know, to pursue, uh, to pursue going back to work. 
with the information that was there. And Alex, what would you say um, was the most helpful? Do you have tips for um, other people? Yes. Uh, I guess the the biggest tip I I've learned is to just go for those opportunities that that are available to you. Um, I have worked with a few disability nonprofits in the community and network with a few folks to just learn about what what the options are within the workforce and uh, the career opportunities. And so uh, just figuring out what what's possible and what my interests are and sort of matching those two things together is sort of my, my biggest uh, motivator is, is trying to figure out or is to encourage folks to, to go for what they want to do and then matching that with with what's available in their community. So it sounds like you're saying that, you're both saying that there are resources available and you have to look for them. When you find them, use them, and that um, there's there's resources available to help you on the pathway to employment. Would, would you both Definitely. agree? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, great. Um, I'd like to thank you both for uh doing this podcast today it's very interesting because you both have such different stories yet you you know each each of you can have advice for each other in a way um so thank you so much and i hope our listeners have um learned a lot from this podcast today thank you thank you very much thank you united spinal is a founding member of the secure work coalition the secure work coalition aims to protect and improve work incentive and benefits counseling programs within Social Security, such as Ticket to Work, TTW, that help beneficiaries of Social Security disability programs return to work. Coalition members, including disability advocacy and employment services organizations, provide return to work assistance and benefits counseling for the disability community. Find us on Facebook at Secure Work Coalition. United Spinal's Pathways to Employment program is supported by the generous contributions of Coca-Cola, Verizon, Genentech, and Allsup. Visit our website, www.unitedspinal.org. United on Wheels, the web's best podcast for active wheelchair users. Thanks for listening.